Hello, welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. I'm Dave. And I'm Chris. And we'll brainstorm next week and we'll find a new intro. But we're not starting this week. I want a new intro. I want to be, I want to be free. I want to be free from the, the chains that shackle us, and oppress us, keep us down. I, I like the same thing. I'm comfortable leaving the same intro, same outro, and same introduction forever. Yeah, but no, no pros do that. The pros change it up. I know, but our audience base needs consistency. They need the same thing every week. I think that that's true, but once we make money, we start really changing it up. I, I, we, I, I believe that. We change it where we get approval to play some of your favorite songs in the beginning. Who's going to approve it? Everybody. Let me What do you mean? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? People are um, going to be listen. begging to have their stuff uh, played on, uh, uh, what's it called? On Dopey. Dope. I've been watching um, uh, Trailer Park Boys. Have you ever seen it? No. I avoided it for a decade because it looked so like just cheesy and stupid. Like, and I saw it all the time. And finally, last weekend, somebody recommended I watch it. I've watched three seasons. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. What um, is it? But it's what it sounds like. It's a group of people who live in a trailer park in uh, somewhere in Canada, and they're just like kind of like white trash hicks. Um, and the trailer park is sort of run by like a couple security guards, but like really the police don't involve unless like something like really big happens and they're alcoholics and they smoke a lot of pot and um, they just do shenanigans. But at the same time, they like kind of love each other and they're totally dumb. Like the smartest person is still pretty dumb, but the way it's written and shot is just like really smart. And so, um, on the third season, they just started getting like like real guest appearances, and it's very clear that the way they shot it is just like a couple idiots with cameras. Do you know? Like it started. You have, out, you, it's like I'm interested, but you have such a terrible track record with picking things that it's like I'm interested. I, I'm I am interested, but I just have to tell you, you have a terrible. I mean, listen, maybe our tastes are different, but music, you know, you yes, have a but terrible. Tell me, tell, Music, yes, but... <laughs> what about that show, the, the Mindhunter Mind show? Hunter, beside, okay, I, I knew you were going to say it. Besides Mindhunter, tell me shows that you I've recommended that you have hated. No, Mindhunter Mind Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have a weird pension for uh, science fiction, but I don't think that's a, a thing about your taste. I think you're just into science fiction. I will watch this show. I need a show, and I've always been curious about Trailer Park Boys myself. And and this is a great. I mean, if nothing else, it's good for Dopey to see if 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 Trailer Park Boys really sucks or not. Because if it really sucks, I'm going to have a lot of fun, you know, going off about it. But I want to like it. I bet you after we drop this episode, everybody's going to tell you to watch it. I know. I was blown a away. Lot, a lot. I was blown away. It was totally different than what I thought it was going to be. Well, let's just deal with what's going on right now. What's going on besides your your own problem? We're going to get okay. to your problems in a second. Hello, Dopey Nation. I'm sorry that the episode is late. I think it's uh, it's Saturday night. You know, Normally, at this time, you guys are like getting high and listening to Dopey that we recorded a few days ago. But uh, we didn't record one because Chris um, had a job, which is very cool. You know, Chris doesn't. Chris has his internship. He does his school. He... Uh, 
He does some work with his family's company over the summer, but it's rare that he has to bear down and show up and make a living, right? Yeah, well, I'm such a people pleaser too. I tried to put my foot down on my last day of classes and they wanted me to start it immediately. And I was like, I can't do it then. And like, technically I could have, but I just said I couldn't do it then. And they're like, okay, like, how about you do it from the 16th to the 25th? And I just said, okay, pretty quickly without thinking about it. And luckily the case ended early where I uh, was done as of uh, last night. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about it? Was what it was because uh, you don't need to obviously out anybody, but it's a very cool job in terms of like our audience. They'll be interested in it. Well, I mean, I'm just going to be super, super vague. Okay. Yeah. Be super um, yeah. Well, uh, so this summer, usually I work for my sister's company over the summer, and the last two summers I've really just done like administrative work, you know. Uh, like behind the scenes type of stuff. And I'll go in and work like nine to five and I'll just do that for a couple months in between uh, either. And your sister's class. company is a, is a recovery placement company. Like they deal with addicts. Yeah. So they did like a smattering of things. Uh, originally it was just substance use. And really my sister started it where she like toured the world or the country basically during my addiction. And then she's super smart, went to Harvard, Harvard business school. And then she decided she wanted to work in the healthcare field. And she realized like how fragmented the treatment industry was where every single treatment center claims to be like the best one on in the world. And most parents, when their kids are sick, they just like Google treatment center. And especially if they have money, they just like find the first one who pays to be at the top. And if you read any of them, they all sound like the best place in the world. And really, they're as good as like the people that work there and et cetera. So Arden, I'm sorry, my sister flies around the country and she finds basically like the best treatment centers. You know what I mean? Like she, she introduces herself to the people that work there. She understands their model, what they're the best at treating, whether it's substance use, whether it's like the associated sort of mental health stuff, whether it's just psychiatric whether it's eating disorders, whatever sort of thing they do. So that way, like, like what you have is somebody who basically, let's say they're like anorexic and like drink a little bit, you know, and then they would send them to some place like we went to like Mountainside. And it's like, this doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And so she was like, basically, they need a company where somebody really knows all the treatment centers. And if they're going to spend anywhere from five to a hundred thousand dollars sending them, somewhere they might as well spend a few grand finding the best place so that that was like the first thing they do then they do sober companion where you live with somebody 24 hours a day well hold on, hold on. your sister did this company because basically because you couldn't find the treatment center that was worth going to right she did it i mean she was like she was like our family has money and we keep sending Chris to these shitbag places. I bet there's a shitload of rich people who need a good treatment center to send their kids to. And I'm going to be the person that does it. And Chris is the inspiration. Hopefully he'll get better. But either way, I'm going to help people. Right? Isn't that, the, isn't that the beginning of the company? Exactly. I posted on Instagram yesterday, the sleeping one about, I don't know if you watch Instagram. $100,000. That's like one year. <laughs> you, you, you estimate $100,000. We're, we're talking about, uh, you know, 1.5 million, 750,000, 900,000 is a conservative estimate. 100,000 is like a week for you. It's like half of a stay, one stay, right? Yeah, I didn't, How much is yeah. it? <laughs> I didn't want to be spoiled and write more than that. I will <laughs> say 
I will say altogether, including legal fees, it was probably under a million. But right, very, very, very close. Yeah. Right. But a hundred thousand. What made so? What I'm trying to say, because like, I think a lot of the dopey nation knows everything that we're saying and understands everything. But I'm imagining that there's first-time listeners who have no idea what we're talking about. So I want to say Chris does the Instagram, and he recently he posted a picture of a guy who's sleeping, and uh, and Chris, like many of us, have tried to sleep through our recovery. And then he, ha- I think he hashtagged, right, that uh, you spent 100000 on your recovery. Now, what made you pick such a low number? I hashtagged uh, conservative estimate. <laughs> Why still? I mean, like, that's, like, very conservative. Why would you pick such a low number? I still have shame and embarrassment about how much money they wasted. They didn't waste the money. Look at you. Fucking finished your master's program. Fucking getting shit done. Got the, the fucking beat wireless headphones, two hundred dollars a pop. These are these are Annie's. They're not mine. But that's not important. Look at you in the lap of luxury. Luxury. Do you think I spend frivolously? Honestly. No, I don't think you spend yeah. on anything. Yeah. Um, I don't I think put- you understand me. I think you you have a whole different idea of what I'm about. You think you don't think I'm concerned. You don't think I care? You think I think you spend frivolous? You fucking there? You're pricing wraps on the street to figure out which wrap is the most economic, which one has the most potato in the breakfast wrap. You're like, oh, the six dollar <laughs> wrap, the potato isn't very crunchy, and the ketchup portion is very frivolous. You're very uh, frugal in your in your money. There were three fifty, by the way. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Um. I put a hundred thousand. Just I don't know. There's something that I get embarrassed about, like how much money my family has wasted on me, and even the master's degree. I just like I still hate spending money. You know, I don't like it. Like I got, I took, I like literally insisted to my dad. I was like, I'm going to take out some loans for my master's degree because I know he'll be like, oh, it's fine, you know. And so I took out half the money as loans. And then you want to know what happened? You want to know what's fucked up? I got $20,000 through FAMSHA or whatever the fucking federal government is. And then I had to give all the money back and do a private loan. They what? literally, the, the school contacted me was like, we need to send your money back to the federal government. The federal government is great to get loans from because their interest rate is low. Whereas if you use Why the did private, they do that? It's so dumb because I didn't, sign up for the Selective Service Act, which you need to do between 18 and 25. And it's something all men in the United States need to do just in case there's like World War Three and there's a draft, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll sign up for it now, you know, and you have to do it before 25. And just like one of the like minute points for federal loans was if you haven't signed up for a selective service, you're not eligible for a federal loan for students. So. And that was because of your addiction. That was not some social justice choice, right? To not sign up for it. It wasn't even addiction. I was just like a spoiled prep school kid going off to college. It was just like, well, I'm not joining the Navy, you know, or the right. Army right. or whatever. So you're taking out private loans now? Yeah, take out 20 a year. So you're going to owe 80, or you're going to owe what, 120 when you're out? What are you going to owe when you get out? 
I don't know how the credit goes. I think I actually borrow less as I go on because I have less schooling and more didactics. I'm sorry, I have I less didact less didactics and more practicum, like real life experience. You use strange words that I don't understand, like aggregates and didactics. Didactics is like school teaching. Practicum is like an internship. And aggregates? It's like a combination, a mean, an average. Yes. Um, this is getting boring now. I want to get to the <laughs> job. So what? So what was the job that um, that had you had us putting out a late episode? Oh. Uh, I actually wasn't a sober companion. I was, I've never done this. I was a therapeutic companion. Mm. The uh, IP, you know what that means? Inpatient? It, it either, actually, I don't know. It either stands for um, identified person or um, identified patient. I think it's identified person. You, when you text or email about them, you just say the IP in order to not violate HIPAA. Yeah. So you would be like IP and I, and, and I today went grocery shopping. IP. What's the normal IP? Oh, no, I'm thinking of IT, information technology. There is no IP. So yeah, the IP, both. you and the IP were hanging out, and what did you do a lot of therapy with them? Well, IP could be internet protocol as well. That's a very popular way to. No, so with ISP? the dude. I don't know. The dude was an addict? No, never. Super, super straight edge. No smoke. Oh, really? Yep. Did you tell him about Dopey? No. You're a fucking idiot. Why didn't you tell him about Dopey? I don't know. I didn't want to tell his parents. And he was, um, it was a higher profile case in the sense that uh, he's well known. Um, and I just didn't want. I just didn't want to mix that, you know. Yeah. So, uh, so Chris was uh, he was in Massachusetts, and then he had to fly out of the state, and he had to fly back, and he got back yesterday late at night, and then today, I don't know what oh, you wait, were wait. doing, but I I had to fly to fucking Houston yesterday. Yeah, I think I was going to mention the state. I'm trying to be vague. I'm, I'm trying I'll to like have. I'll bleep it. I had to fly to Texas yesterday. Don't bleep anything. We got we got we got to do all this, you know. I had to fly to Texas yesterday and then turn around and fly back. There's a lot of traveling, and I even told Dave I was like, I I don't know if I can do dopey tomorrow night, and then I wasn't going to do it tonight either. So what made you what made you do it tonight? Yeah, we got to get it out there. Well, you just said you weren't going to do it tonight either. But it's more important for me to get this out there weekly than my personal feelings. What are your personal feelings? That I want to just chill, watch TV, go to bed. And I also knew that if we did this, and despite the fact that we're recording, that I'd feel better. How about the, I was the inverse? I was feeling miserable. What? How about the inverse? How about if we didn't do it, what would happen? Then I'd have to wake up and I'd panic because we didn't release Dopey and we'd be on a sketch. All the fucking, the mouse on the wheel in my brain would start running. As it's not sure it was running for you all day. <laughs> for me? Dude, you would not believe the stuff I have going on. You'd, you have no idea. I mean, you've been so far out of the loop. 
you have no idea the stuff that's going on in my life. Between like Linda and the house and stuff or what? Just I have a a a laundry list of stuff to talk about, but we're not going to it yet. Lots of stuff is happening on this end. Um, that you have no idea about because you know, you're you're working, you're away, you gotta do your thing, got things going on. You know, I you you don't have asked me you haven't Chris hasn't asked That's me a I, question. I, I, let me interrupt. Let me interrupt. I actually want to get to all those things you're talking about and hear how you handled the stress. So we're talking about that this episode. Well, let's let's keep going here though. So uh, Chris came home, and uh, what did you do today? Oh, this, this is opening the can of worms. What we discussed, I'll boil it down to try to make it interesting. I also have one dopey story that I at least want to throw in here at some point that I remembered over the last couple of weeks. Um, I woke up this. Why don't you just get that out of the way? I'll try to work it in somehow. I woke up super, super late because I didn't get home until like 10 and then uh, hung out with Annie for a bit. And then I watched TV, fell asleep on the couch, then woke up at four, went to bed at four. Um, Annie had originally wanted to go to the beach with her mom and her friends. I had told her Thursday, I'm probably not going to want to do that after I get back because if I'm traveling, you know, I woke up at 3 a.m. yesterday. Um, yeah. And then Annie and I went out for a walk and then she got upset because I wasn't... Um, like super into it. And then that was like the slow crumblings that started a lot, a longer conversation. And I've fought with Annie in the past traditionally, but just the conversation had like kind of a sad um, tone to it, which upset me. And like, I really heard what she was saying and that's what you were picking up. But what was the sad part? Just that I'm super antisocial. And if I ever have a choice, I'll pick, something not to do. And like my original thing I harped on was like yesterday I was all traveling and et cetera, et cetera. It should be okay to not do something. And she kind of was like, well, it's been a concern more than just that. And it wasn't just about doing something with her today. And she's told me how she's like specifically avoided social situation with her friends, et cetera, because she doesn't want to upset me. And that's not good. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think, uh, I don't personally I think maybe you're antisocial to a to a degree, but I think you're also incredibly selfish. And today, today was more of the selfish than the antisocial. Antisocial when it's like going to a bar with some fucking idiots who are playing big beer pong or whatever the fuck they play or some toga party, some dumb shit like that. Today, it was mutual. This is what it is. It was mutual selfishness. On Annie's part, it's like you just got home from being gone for a week. You need to decompress. You're fucking killing yourself, flying across the country and back, squeezed, not sleeping. You need a certain amount of free time just to decompress because you're used to it. You know, TV allowances, relaxing allowances, it's important for you. It's just like it is for me. I'm not just throwing that out there. Uh, and that's what and she said. She was like, you need a sleep schedule. And it's like, I like to watch TV from like 11... Like AM, ten thirty AM, whenever she goes to bed until like one or two PM. That's like my private recharging time that I actually Oh, you gotta reverse. Ten thirty PM to one to two AM. But I desperately look forward to that time that you're talking about, you know? Right. That's like what I'm saying. And I and I say this because I can speak from the same experience where Linda will want me to do something and now I just do it, first of all. 
I just do it because to not to to make my stand and to say I just want to do nothing is like are you kidding me? I mean, I also have two kids and shit. Like, there's no doing nothing for me. Um, and for you, I think that I think if you had been home this week, you could have like avoided the whole thing, or or you would have just said, "I'm gonna go," because you would have been around. But because you hadn't, it's like this happens to me when I'm away from home for a few days. I get into my rhythm. And I come home and I kind of expect my rhythm to carry on. And then all of a sudden, like somebody's like, wait a second, what about our rhythm? And you're like, what do you mean our rhythm? I'm doing this. And it's like. You covet like that you time for- that you had. But you, you forget. You forget almost. And you forget there's other things that you do. But you also forget that this part that you, that you do, you are a palm tree that sways in the breeze of your partner's desires you know your partner wants you to do this this and this and when you're with your partner you do two out of three every time because you want happy life happy fucking life and i usually enjoy doing it regardless right that's what's crazy not always like 50 percent of the time i actually like it but don't you think that the reason you didn't want to go to the beach with her friend and her mom was because You've been stuck with you've been stuck in this sober therapeutic companion, whatever it is, for uh, an extended period of time. You haven't had a lot of time on your own, and you're like, I need to recharge. And she's like, You haven't been with me in all this time. I need you to be with me. Totally. And it wasn't. And the friend she had, it was Olga and her boyfriend Justin, and it actually had absolutely nothing to do with Olga or Justin. She wanted you to spend the day with Olga. She didn't even ask. Um, and, and, but that was part of it. And I actually don't mind spending time with Olga and I actually really, really like her, but her boyfriend, her boyfriend's like a cool. I don't see it. I, I, I mean, I going to the beach crazy. With, forget crazy. I think it's just and like, her mom would be there. I think, I think to spend time with Annie and her mom makes sense to me, you know, to spend time with your ex-girlfriend who was her roommate uh, to be friends. That shit makes zero sense to me. But at the same time, it's like we don't hang out with many friends. You know what I mean? Like in my family, like like today we did. We had a whole fucking barbecue and shit. But like we don't like I don't have to socialize with Linda's friends very often. Very rare, you know, and uh, and especially it's nobody that I used to fuck or like that introduced me. You know, I mean, like that whole thing is so crazy. It's like, it's very like, I guess it's not that crazy, but it, it is yeah. crazy to me, you know? But anyway, so Chris was very upset because him and Annie were fighting into the night uh, and we were supposed to record, but the fighting kept going on. And, and if you know, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure some of you do podcasts, but I'm sure a lot of you get into fights. It's like to do a podcast on the heels of a fight when the podcast is supposed to be fun and funny, it's like impossible. It's hard. And Dave said to me before the show started, and he was like, you have two options. It's either like address this authentically and then move on or um, just try and pretend. And he's like, and I don't want to do the pretend thing. So, well, I didn't, you had your look, the look, and you had that, your crazy look, but it was like, you were so angry. And, and, and like you get, sometimes you'll get angry and then you'll start like, 
like we couldn't get the Skype to work. So you started to like take shots at the phone and talk about how the phone, I, it could have gone to a really weird, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't even anger. I might've taken it out as anger on you. It was like a baseline depression that I was covering with anger. Right. It was like that, but that numb mask thing that comes out with weird cheap shots. And then all of a sudden I'm fighting with you because you've baited me into some fucking fight and you don't even aren't interested in fighting with me. You're in some other fight. You know what I'm I mean? I'm interested just, in creating a fight. Right. With me. Yeah. Yes. So where are you? Um, Let's talk about you. Uh, so with Annie, uh, we, with Annie, I really, I'll just wrap this up. With Annie, I really heard which, where she was coming from. And this has been a consistent conversation. And there's actually this researcher named Gottman who was this MIT guy, could never get girls, and he studied love and marriage for literally 30 years. He's changed the field. And he said marital satisfaction um, was traditionally a factor that determined how well people got along. And then him in the 80s or 90s or something basically was like, this is totally wrong. And it changed how the field scene. He said marital faction is a part of marriage. And what matters is how you mediate conflict. And he said on top of that, 69 as opposed to what as opposed to just not fighting at all right and so and he said 69 percent of marital discord in couples um are what he termed perpetual problems meaning people that have problems in year one and two will have the same problems in year 30 and 40 and he said in figuring out how to work on those problems is what determines the difference between masters of divorce and disasters of divorce and um, he said, What's masters that, of divorce versus disasters of divorce. Masters of divorce are people who are happily married and die together happy. Disasters Why do they call them masters of divorce? I think he just tried to play with words. Um, and so, and then the other 31% of problems are small things that can be solved. So I think what happened with Annie tonight is going to probably be a perpetual problem. And it depends how we choose to uh, navigate it. And, that decision is probably going to determine whether we get married, if you want to talk deeply. Which decision? How we, how we navigate perpetual problems. Like or you can instance, just knock her up and see what happens. Uh, people who have children, marital satisfaction, the new scales drop drastically. People always think having a child is going to make things better. Even the best married couples, their satisfaction drops dramatically. So they're saying I, you better have I, a good marriage to have kids. Pardon? So they were saying you better have a strong marriage to have children, infants. Well, I, what about like family satisfaction versus marital satisfaction? I think they're all the same. I think it's all the same. Family satisfaction, cur uh, mar it, no, it is marital satisfaction. It's all the same between marital and couples. Just people well, who I know, long, I, long term relationships. In our, in my situation, we weren't in a, a long term relationship at all uh, when um, she got pregnant the first time. It was like, you know, we were together six months. I was high. Uh, mm -hmm. She was drinking. You know, we ba we barely got along. You know, mm -hmm. then the relationship totally crashed and burned. Um, and then I did anything I could to put it back together. 
and like we found a really nice like balance you know yeah. in the in the you know the back around the come up in so everyone call it and you I, know, was it's, pri- I, I was i was privy to the play by play of this whole thing yeah but we actually remember like, it all it, we got into this huge fight today um and this is what will happen. Like, we'll get into a, it wasn't a huge fight, but we were like, she was angry at me about something. I don't even remember what it was. And then, and, and she gets mean, you know, she's like mean. Like, she's just like mean and, uh. She's a mudslinger like me. Yeah. And she's like a mudslinger and she like, she like says crazy things to me. And, uh, and I'm just like, I'm like, you say you say the craziest things to me. I was like, yeah. I was like, how am I supposed to like go on from the stuff that you just say? You know, yeah. I was like, it, it's it's fucking crazy. I don't even remember what she said. And then um, I think I smacked her, and uh, and then I think I smacked her, her ass. Oh. I think I smacked her ass, and then she like, and I was holding a bag of stuff, and she started coming at me like she likes to slap fight with me. And she comes at me and she, she just smack me. And um, and I just, whenever, because we get to these places, I know this doesn't sound like an ideal relationship, uh, but I just, uh, I just broke down hysterically laughing because like, it's like we have so many stressors. Like we have a baby who's constantly screaming. We have the new house, which is just like literally infinite work, like just infinite work wherever yeah. you look. We have, uh, you know, hours and stress and, and like sick parents and all, everything you can imagine. And like we get up to our eyeballs and stress, but then like it all comes out in this like, you know, in this moment of ridiculous like sort of like confrontation or violence or it's not like rage violence. It's like comedy violence. And it's it becomes symbolizing like, everything. Yeah. But what it is, it's like catharsis. Like You know what it's it is? Like, it's, an, it's an aggregate of everything. Is it? I don't think so. I don't think I um, used it wrong, but whatever. But it becomes this wave of release, you know, from the tension. Like, we, we can look at each other and know that it's been really tense. And, and Linda's very smart, and she knows, like, she's, you know, we both know deep down that we're way better off getting along than not getting along. And it's like, we get to that place. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where, where everything else goes on hold and there's just, there's peace because we need it. You know what I mean? And, and there's, there, ha- I mean, for whatever. No, it's great. It's, and it happens more quickly over time as you mature together. And I love talking to you because the terms you use, the phrases you use, Basically, all psychology is, is they figured out, unless it's like serious mental illness, they figured out words to talk about what you're saying, and they put research behind it. So what you're actually saying is called positive sentiment override. So you both have positive sentiment override, even when you're living in negative sentiment areas. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. You know, mm-hmm. and, um, and we have it like, you know, we had a... We had this really, like, I've been working from home a bit. Like, we got into this big fight, and it's really funny. And, like, if I don't tell the story on Dopey, like, I'm not doing my job kind of thing. Like, I don't know if you know about this, 
but like when I got this house, one of my greatest ambitions was to be a gardener. Okay. You've talked about it. And you're a gardener now. Have I talked about it on Dopey? You've talked about being a gardener. The ladybugs. I talked about that on Dopey? Yeah, you did. Okay. Well, so there were aphids in the yard. There's aphids. There's slugs. There's fucking pesty insects that fuck with my flowers. And I was very concerned that they were going to fuck with my crops. And my crops are, are, are plentiful. I have mm-hmm. five zucchini plants. I've got four jalapeno plants. I've got a bell pepper. I've got mini eggplants. I've got tomatoes as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And I need those crops to be protected from these pests. So I went online and maybe I mentioned that I ordered 1500 live ladybugs. Yeah. And, and, and then I also ordered 10,000 lacewing eggs. And lace wings are the, the other thing that will eat aphids. But okay. then I don't think I mentioned, I don't know are if I mentioned. Are they male and female to like reproduce forever? Lace wings? Both of them. The ladybugs, I, I released them and they flew away, never to be heard from again. Oh, the, you said la- ladybugs reproduce uh, asexually or something, right? I don't know. The lady, it was a bust. It just failed. Okay. Okay. So, but it was cool. And then okay. um, the lace wings, I think, never even hatched. I think that, unless maybe they're out there fucking up the aphids, which is why my crops look so good. It's the third thing that I ordered that I want to talk about. Okay. The third thing that I ordered, and I can't believe I didn't mention this on Dopey, I ordered... Two egg sacs of praying mantises. Mm-hmm. And in the praying mantis egg sacs are between two and 300 baby praying mantises. Okay? Okay. <laughs> when they came in the mail, I don't know why I did this. I decided I didn't want to keep them, like, sitting around in the house. So I went up to the – and I thought it was too cold when they had arrived. Like, the weather was too cold, and I didn't want the, the cold weather to kill them. So I put them in the attic, okay, the the praying mantis eggs, and I forgot about them, okay? And I just figured, I put them in, like, the live ladybug container, but the live ladybug container, the top of it was mesh, you know? But it seemed like there's no way that... They couldn't get out. In my mind, they couldn't get out, okay? Then... I don't know. Some time passed. I'm sorry, wait, I'm sorry. This is aphids or ladybugs? This is the praying mantis egg. Oh, this is the praying mantis 20 in a thing. Okay, or 200 in a thing. Okay, keep going. We're talking about potentially 500 praying mantises. Do you know anything about praying mantises? Uh, they bite the head off of the people they mate with. That's a myth. But the That's truth is praying mantises grow to be about five to six inches long. They eat every bug in the spectrum, and they are so vicious, they're known to kill frogs and even hummingbirds. Who keeps them? Who uh, who kills them? I don't know. Each other? Are they super predators? They're super insect predators. I bet birds kill them. You know, I bet birds kill them. There is a dude in rehab, legit, that had a praying mantis on his shoulder all day for weeks. How? I don't know. He's alive and it would just hang out there. His name is Harold, and now he's doing a life sentence. He was a three-striker. They strike to strike in interest of justice. 
He ran away from the rehab or he got caught hiding or both get caught getting high or both ran away life sentence for like 20 bucks of heroin. Insane. Continue though. Well, it's like saying, it's just like, it's like saying that it's insane that Todd died. It's like we have these people that, that are just messing with life sentence material and death and then they fucking die or get the life sentence and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. But like, what the hell else is going to happen? Do you think Todd would have died if he had 25, to year, 25 years to life hanging over his head even if he couldn't smoke weed? Not died, but violated. Do you think Todd would have violated if the condition of his bail or his sentence was 25, to, 25 years to life, and if you violate for anything, including pot, you're going away? No questions asked. Would he have violated? Probably. Yeah, I think it's so. crazy. It's crazy. That's but I'll they- tell you this. And I'm going to get back to my praying mantis story. I'm surprised you're not hanging on my every word. You don't want no, to know what continue. happened? No, continue. I'm sorry. Continue, continue. No, 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 no. Because no. I, I, there I'm, was something... I'm taking, that, your, I'm taking your role with the constant interjection. I, that's good. I think it's good. It brings some dopey into this. This is not, this is not dopey the, on the, the insects, farming, and fucking crops and suburbia thing. Yeah. This is drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. But this is dumb shit, I have to say. Um, okay. But I'm watching... Um, you know, I was watching, I told you, I'm back into Breaking Bad, you know, and, yeah. uh, and you know, like Jesse, uh, it was before they had made a lot of money and he didn't have much money, you know, and he had nowhere to stay and he went to stay with his friend and his friend's wife was like, this guy can't stay here. Do you remember that scene? It was really funny. And then he tried to stay with Walter White, and, and he's like, you're not going to stay with me. He's got nowhere to stay. He winds up getting the apartment uh, with yeah. the, the beautiful girl at that place. But it, all I could think about, yeah, all I could think about was that Todd never had to do that. And I just felt like if he had to take care of himself, it would have gone differently. I just yeah. believe that. Yeah. Like if he had to fucking get a place, support himself if he didn't support himself he wouldn't live like i think it would have gone differently i just believe that Hmm. anyway i mean don't you think that way worse or way better right right um so excuse me um i forget about the praying man's thing and i don't know i don't know what happened and I, I was someplace and I was like, oh my God, the fucking praying mantis eggs. So I ran up to the attic and I, and I grabbed the thing and, uh, and I run out to the, to the yard and I throw the praying mantis eggs into the yard. And then I look into the container where the eggs are and I see a baby praying mantis coming out of the egg. And it was so tiny that there was no way that that mesh would have kept them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you could sneak through the holes. Yes. And all I could think of was my house is going to be infested with praying mantises. And it became a little bit of a concern, but I forgot about it and and life went on. That's not a bad bad bug. That's like a uh, ladybug. It's better than a roach. It's better than a roach. Until it's big. And scary, and there's 200 in your house, and you have a baby. 
you know, if you read about them, they bite you. They're like, they're scary animals, you know? I remember once I was with my kid. Huh? Can they fly? Yes. I was with my kid and uh, and there was a full-grown praying mantis on the car, right? And praying mantises are super cool looking. You know, they've got like six legs. They've got heads with eyes on the whole side of their heads and the Ukuk aliens. And uh, and I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, it looks so cool. And then um, it started flying and I shrieked like a little girl and ducked and it flew over me. But I got scared, you know, because it was so big and like formidable. Anyway, so I, I just forgot about the whole thing. You know, no praying mantises showed up and... Um, and I went about my business, and uh, and I never mentioned it to Linda okay. that this happened, you okay. know. Uh, and then the other day, intentional, you forgot, or you thought you were getting in trouble. I would totally get in trouble if I had mentioned okay. it. Okay. And the other day, hold um, on. At, what what would happen if she listened to this right now? More trouble than the original trouble? I think this might have to go on a lost episode. If she heard it, okay. Um, no, no. I mean, no. Uh, it'll, this this all comes around in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at work. Uh, I'm waiting tables. I think I'm actually getting soup, matzo ball soup, yeah. when I get a text from Linda. Yeah. But it's not a message. It's a picture. Okay. And uh, and it's a praying mantis on on Nora's desk. Okay. And she says, she, she says, she, she, she said, look at this guy, Linda. Yeah. And all I could think is, oh, no, you know, like, it's begun. The praying mantis <laughs> infestation of the house has totally begun. And, yeah. uh, and, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't keep it in. I just wrote, uh-oh, <laughs> or uh-oh. And what did she say? And what'd she, say? she said, what? And I said, I said, how many did you see? And she said, I just saw one. And I said, uh, I said, okay. I said, oh, I said, I said, oh, this, this, I said, this could be a problem. And then Linda said, no, 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 no. It just flew in from the yard. Uh, don't worry about it. You know? And I was like, I was like, okay. And then the day goes by. Okay. And in the afternoon, I get another text with a picture and it's a, another picture of a praying mantis. And I said, is that another one? And she said, no, it's the same one. He turned up in another spot. And I you was were like, oh, oh. wow. Interesting yeah. praying mantis. Yeah, but but I think I, I also, allu- like, I thought it was so funny. Like, this whole story, like, I think is so funny. Like, I don't know if it is that funny, but I think this kind of thing is so funny. You're like, it's, you're like it's mantis season, I think. No, I was like, I was like, uh, uh-oh. You know, I was like kind of pseudo scared. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then she's like, and then she didn't say anything and it was over. But in my head, I was like, the praying mantis have hatched and they're yeah. living in the house. You know, and I, and I come home and I run up to the attic and I turn the flashlight on. And I go into the crawl space where I had stored the eggs. And I'm just, I'm like in the X-Files. I'm like shining the flashlight, looking down the halls, expecting to see thousands of eyes peering back at me with the flashlight glowing in their beady alien faces. Right, but I didn't so see happened, it. What happened? What happened? Yeah. 
um, I was like, all right. And I went to bed and, you know, whatever. And then the next morning, we're getting ready to take Nora into her school program. And she screams, praying mantis alert, praying mantis alert. And there's another baby praying mantis sitting on her desk in the same spot. The same one? Definitely not the same one. <laughs> okay. All right. And uh, and then Linda, like, was like, uh, she goes, Dave, what happened with the praying mantis eggs? And I said, and I started, like, lying and yeah. backpedaling. And I was yeah. like, I don't know. And she goes, how long were they in the house? And I was like, I don't know. And yeah. she was like, she was like, why, why did you say they were only in the house for a day? Where did they come from? And I was like, I was like, and she goes, I thought you put them in the garden. And then the other thing, Chris, is I ordered two packs of 500 praying mantis eggs. And then I, after I didn't see any, I thought they were dead. I went to the garden store and bought another 500. <laughs> bought another 500. I put those straight How in the garden. How many you used? All of them. 2,000 eggs. 1,500. So if they have a 10% hatch rate, you'll have 150 praying mantises mating with each other. Well, no, but the 500 never went in the house. The, first, the, second, right. the third 500 I just put in the garden. Okay. But there were possibly, there's possibly a thousand praying mantis in the house. So I'm Googling praying mantis infestations. You know, I'm Googling like these things. And Linda's so mad about it like furious because there's possibly praying mantises in the house and it and and i'm lying about it and worst of all i think it's so funny you know and, and then she doesn't at said, all she doesn't at all she's fucking furious you know and like and i'm like lynn it's really it's kind of funny isn't it and she's like no it's not funny and then like she was mad and i and i was working from home that day you know, so this and could then, be like a a praying mantis prank. I'm surprised people don't do this. You know, get just if they're cheap, like thousands and thousands of eggs, and just like instead of TPing a house, praying mantis a house. I bet, you know, I'm scared they're going to be dangerous, though. You know, continue. So then, like we were in this major fight all morning, and um, and she took Nora to see her friend, and Linda's friends with Nora's friend's parents and she sat down with them and whatever and then she came home and she was in this really good mood and she said she had told them the praying mantis story and they thought it was so funny and then she said then she said uh i'm sure you're gonna tell it on dopey and i was like i was like how can i not tell it on dopey like i don't know i mean like thousands of praying mantises and that's how you're fucking up your life or whatever i don't know i just think you know, it's not as good as Wait, the bed, she, bath, and beyond. Sorry. She said that in front of your friend. Yeah, she tells everybody about dopey. And what did they say? They loved. Everybody loves it. That's good. Do they listen? They listen to the Artie Lang episode. Text them. Tell them the praying mantis stories on it. They'll listen to it, and then maybe they'll get hooked. Anyway, so um. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's absurd. Is that the story? Is I don't know. Story? Is that the story? Yeah. Can I give you feedback? Yeah. It's a great story. I think if you just had that natural sort of observation about your life and retold it the way you just did with me, 
but it needs to be tweaked with some sort of punchline, even if it's fabricated, I think you could have success as a uh, stand-up comic. And I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up. That's what you said about the Bed Bath and Beyond story. I know, but that's now, exactly, literally I, worse than worse. It's exactly what I said before, but I'm reiterating it. And the main point is there needs to be a punchline. You need to brought it all together in that witty thing, you know? I think that's why I'm not a stand-up comic, though. It would literally take five minutes to figure it out. You know anyway. what? You want me to tell you what you need? On the pilot for your show, when the person wanted to get you to smoke the bong when you're with her, you needed her to say, I have, ho- I have herpes. That is the type of little punchline that makes you the comic. She did say that. No, she said she had it and she wouldn't let you hit it. And then finally, when you kept begging her, that's she not what it. happened. No, she that's denied. not what happened. Okay, I'm going to say that's what I not what happened. I'm going to tell you what I remember, then you tell me what happened. She was denying the hit to you, and you asked, and then uh, she gave it to you. And what she should have said was, oh, I have herpes. That's what I remember. She should have just said, I have herpes. Because she well, was denying it. She, she was denying it, right? Yeah, but so you're saying, what happened in Dystopia Nation? I shot a pilot, and in one of the scenes, the scene that I wrote, my friend comes over after trying to hook up with my, my female friend comes over and, uh, you know, after a bad date and she comes over and unsmoking bong hits and, uh, and she wants a, she takes a bong hit and I, and this is what I wrote. I looked at her face and she had herpes and I said, what the fuck? Why are you smoking my bong if you have herpes? And she's like, it's just a cold sore. I don't have herpes. I don't even remember it anymore. I think yeah. I said, I, I think I said, um, I said, what kind of friend smokes a bong if they have herpes or something? Yeah. But then they had written it a whole different way. In, in the scene that they wrote, they had me trying to make out with her. But then you asked for a hit. I think right. I smoked it. No, you asked yeah, for yeah, it yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, and she yeah. should have said, I have herpes. After and then what should I have done? It doesn't matter. My point is that is the stick, the wit, the little change that you need to your stories. You need two of those and then your stand of gold. All right. That's fine. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Do you buy it? I I know what you mean. I know. Do you buy it? Do you buy it? I don't know if I have herpes is the perfect thing, but I think it's punchy and it's funny and it's on the nose and it's direct and uh, and I like it. Um, there can't be the story can't be if there was a ton of loc the way you told it was funny, but the story can't be there was a ton of locusts, period. Or um what was the other one? Uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, period. There's always some sort of punchline, some way to end of the show with claps and then you get off the stage. That's all you're missing. I don't, I don't have that. I, I just tell the story. I just say what happened. It, it, I'm telling you, you could have it with very little work. I'm, I'm more about you. the reportage. I'm supporting you. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, I lack the ability. Listen, I can get into the funniest situation in the world, and I can tell the story well, but I cannot fabricate the punchline. You know, I just, I have never been able to do that. Yeah. It's like the blue cheese story. This is where we're at. We need one voice memo, one if we have one, one email, and we'll wrap it up. 
I, I have stuff though that, that I did not get to. We'll um, get to okay. it later, but we're we're at an hour. Oh fuck! This is the Butter. least dopey dopey in the history of dopey. Oh, I have my dopey so. story, which is thirty seconds. Should I say it? Yeah. Okay. So I was talking to this guy um, about when I lived in Southern California with a really sick girl, right? And this was yeah. on, P- on PCH for people who don't um, aren't from the West Coast and don't know what PCH is. It's this road where 90% of it overlooks the water. It's really beautiful, okay? And there's a uh-huh. piece on, on PCH that's on Huntington Beach. And I was living with this really sick girl, this rainy day uh, girl, who would give me $10 a day to go buy a couple beers. And then that's what uh-huh. I would do every day, every day. She was sick how? Depression. Okay. And uh, sometimes I would steal her Norcos here and there or a little bit of money from her purse. But that's what I did for months. Okay. And, um, and she wasn't addicted though, but she took Norcos. So, um, there was this one guy, there was a donut shop and this was on PCH, which is super high end realty. And maybe the donut shop shop had like an extra an incredibly long lease, but there was a dude who lived at the donut shop. Okay. He had a two door white Mustang and the white Mustang died. There was no back seat. His car was full of shit. I don't even know if he could fit in the passenger seat. Just tons of shit. His whole life belonging. He had been in and out of prison constantly, right? And so mm-hmm. I remember this the other day. He came up to the door and he was super jealous of me when Melissa was gone and he held up a piece of tar heroin and it was attached to his finger, just sticking there. And what he was saying to me was, here, you can have this. There was nothing attached to price, right? And years later, I realized, or six months later, I realized, you know what he was doing? He was giving me tar heroin because he knew I would shoot the dope, things would fall apart, and then he could move out of his two-door car and live with Melissa right down the street. He literally slept in his driver's seat for years in his car. And he's saying that he he knew that it, and we're not at an hour because we had that fucking 15 minutes of of not, that we're not using. I'm at 105. Well, uh, sorry, 102.05. In this call, we're at 102.05, but we had 15 minutes at the head of the call that isn't the show. Every single time I restart the call, uh, it restarts it. I'll, I'll tell you after we hang up where the beginning was, okay? But continue. So you're saying that this guy knew that if he gave you, well, why would he know that Melissa would have him live with her? Why wasn't he living with her before you were there? I think he was smart enough. He was older. She liked younger women. He was in and out of prison. I think it was just a guess. She liked maybe. younger men. He liked younger women or she liked younger men? She liked younger men. What did I say? You said she liked younger women. No, she liked younger men. She was 36 and I was like 22 or something at the time, right? right? He and was how old? 36. Uh, and so, so why would she like him? He's not a younger man. He didn't know that she wouldn't. Um, but basically she put up with my addiction and let me live in her apartment. You know what I mean? For a long time. And but she uh, liked you. And, yeah. She liked me in the sense that she was attached. She had issues. I don't she, buy this story. She needed my love to feel okay. And basically the way it worked was I would give her my love and put up with her clinical depression as long as she let me get shit-faced every day. Yeah. I, I, yeah. 
But I don't think that this guy gave you the dope knowing that you would spin out. Did he wind up moving in with Melissa in the end? No. My, and you're probably right. The, the, what I think was he was offering it to me because he knew once I get started, I couldn't control it. And furthermore, I'd go back to prison because I was on probation. All he needed me to do was get into trouble, and I was going away for a long time. And you think that was his intention? Yeah, and I said no. And this whole conversation started either talking about girls or I think it started because, like, when are the times in your active addictions that you've refused drugs? And that was one of the few. So you said no. Were you on a dope run? Obviously not. No, not that time. Just, just booze, occasionally coke or meth. And did you say no because you said no because you didn't want to go on a heroin run, right? You were like out of a rehab and you were probably fucking around, but you were like, I'm not going to get fucking strung out on heroin again. No, I wanted the heroin. I just remember I had this like sixth sense about this guy that was like, avoid this guy at all costs. He's the type of dude you cross the street, covered from like head to toe with tattoos, skeevy, talks with that deep heroin voice. And it was just like, yeah. I knew whatever was, if he landed an olive branch or whatever the line is, it, there were strings attached. All right, listen, um, that story is, uh, it's good in that it paints a drug picture, but it's bad in that it doesn't make any sense. The it's guy not very, who's not it's gonna, not. It's not very dopey. I just randomly remembered it the other day talking to somebody. I think that's interesting, though. I think, like, it's something that I really, like, think about all the time with us because we do this podcast about drugs and addiction and recovery. But we don't talk much about um, drugs, addiction, or recovery at this point. Well, you want to know, you know the, flip, the flip side of that is he ended up in prison for four years because of me. I think that you told same, that story. That same guy. Yeah, I Melissa had a bunch of syringes when you couldn't get syringes in California. Remember? Uh huh. Because uh, her dad, her dad, her ex husband was a veterinarian, and I gave him a bunch of syringes, and he got picked up for some reason by the police, and because he had the syringes on him, he violated the parole, his parole, and had to. Uh, serve the remainder of his time in prison. Was the reason he got picked up by the police, was was that because you called the police on him after you gave him the syringes? I ain't no rat. Oh, you, gave, you didn't like the guy. You refused to get dope from him. You give him syringes, and then yeah. out of the blue, the cops show up and say, hey. Yeah, days later. I'd see him every day. I'd talk to him for an hour every day. I'd get drunk and talk to him. So if you didn't like him and he fucking disgusted you to the point where you refused free heroin, why did you give him free needles? Because of the people-pleasing element to you? Because you needed him to like you? Yeah, I don't know. My life was a mess. I was friendly with him. I was friendly with him. I talked to him, but just something was like when he was offering me a bunch of free dope, I, I was like, there's right. something attached to this. You got to be in jail. Right. If you This was after jail when I, I knew certain things that were too good to be true in jail. You're generally too good to be true. Oh, shit. Hold on, hold on. What? Did you hear that? No. Good. Um, no, I hear you, man. I, I, I've turned down... Um, what did I turn down? I turned down uh, 
Angel Dust as a kid because I was scared of the Angel Dust. I turned down, you know, in my adulthood, I probably turned down a lot of stuff. And um, I probably turned down Coke many times because I didn't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I just knew that it wasn't going to feel good. Um, I never turned down heroin, though, I don't think. See, I would turn down heroin, like, I would take heroin and leave. But I yeah. would turn it down if they needed me to stay with them or something. Like, it's like, fucking, I don't want to do that. It's like somebody offering me a cookie in the middle of the day and being like, do you want to hang out and eat this cookie with me? And it's like, no, I want to take it and enjoy it watching Breaking Bad by myself with milk. I don't want to sit with you. I turned down heroin once because my heroin dealer was going to give me a free bag to go meet somebody down the street and do the deal. And I was yeah, like, that's yeah, not that's a, right. That's work. Yeah. 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 That's work. All right. I, I, I have turned I have, down a, I, I turned, real quick and then go ahead. I turned down a cigarette when I was 12 and I turned down drugs a different time in jail and, and huffing. I don't huff. I've been around with a group of people huffing and I'll be like, nah, I don't want to huff. Huffing scares me. The only thing. You never did PCP either. And I never did PCP, but that's because they wouldn't accept a TI-83 as payment for the PCP. I would have done it. A TI-83 as payment for the PCP. Yeah, I didn't want to smoke dust with these people. It was funny because they were like hot girls and I was young, but I didn't want to do it. I was not in the the mode to do it. Um, But... um, I have emails, I have voicemails, and I have uh, a question for you. You know, okay. what do you want first? Email, voicemail, or question? I'm Let's down do with I'm down with any of them, but we need to wrap up in ten minutes because part of what we talked about in the beginning of this podcast was me getting to sleep in time so we can actually do things together on the weekends I'm available. So you got that? You got ten minutes. Listen, you you totally hung me out to dry all night. We'll be done in ten minutes, twelve minutes time. Um, all right, 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 fuck. Oh, motherfucker, where is this thing? There's this thing. I have a good email that I can't find. Hold on, give me one second. Do the other one while you're searching. All right, here's a voicemail. You have it. Play it. What is Play it? Play the voicemail. What is uh, it? Piss, the drugs, speak- hookers, and felonies while listening to Dopey. Is that the SpeakPipe one? No, it's July 20th. It's two days ago. Alright. From Mike. Speak, say it again. Speak. Piss, drugs, hookers, and felonies while listening to Dopey. You think speak piss drugs would bring up a ton of things, but it doesn't. If I play it, will it work? Hold on, I got it. It doesn't say speak, it's just piss drugs. Oh, it's an email. Yes. You want me to read that? I'm not reading it. You read it. You know, it's, it's a voicemail. Oh, my God. From Paulo? From Mike. Speak drugs, piss what? I didn't say speak drugs. I said piss jugs. I never oh, said piss, speak drugs. Oh, piss jugs. Go into court and 
fucking shoot about 15 bags in a shot, and uh, I don't know. Nice amount of eyeball on the white up until I fucking seized out or puked. And a couple times in my office, I had the bells around my arm, blood all over the fucking place, and my partner walked in, and I shoved my shit under my desk, and luckily I never got caught at the office doing it. But uh, I'm going to give you a couple dopey stories of me trying to get away with my using, and I, I always get caught. It's the story of my fucking life. Um, about two years ago, I started using, I was on some boxing program, and I was dating this real cute... Uh, she was a Portuguese girl. I was living in Hope. Did you hear this? It's a high rise. Yeah. Uh, I was making a lot of money, and, you know, this girl's fucking gorgeous. And I, I, I didn't tell anyone I was addicted to drugs, but I was pretty well into my heroin addiction. I don't think I was shooting up at that point yet, but it was close to it. Um, so I, I kept failing for my drug test with the Sebastian doctor, Coke, Benzos, all this shit. And he says, you know, if you, you fail again, you're going to be kicked out. So, I go on a trip with some buddies, and I got about five days clean, and I come back, and I'm like, yeah, I got some liquid gold here now. Fuck, I'm finally clean. This is the first time forever. So, I decided to pee in a couple, couple uh, bottles, and I threw it in my closet, and I didn't think anything of it. Uh, a week or two later, uh, I'm in the shower. This girl's over at my place, and she goes, uh, you know, mind if I get some uh, pajamas out the closet? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm not even thinking about it. I, I come out of this bathroom it's all silent i'm like hey babe what's going on and all of a sudden she's like looking at me i look on the counter my dad has a real nice dresser she put it on there's four bottles of fucking dark oh disgusting looking piss and she's like what the fuck are these and i i didn't know what to say I, she, she just goes what are you one of those piss freaks <laughs> i just was like struck. I didn't know what to do. And I, I didn't want to know I was a drug addict, so I just went, uh, I, I don't know what to say. I was playing a game and I just had to go. And she's, she was, your bathroom's right next to your fucking room. What are you talking about? And she got up and left and never talked to me again after that. But the real gem of the story is that about a week later, I go to the boxing clinic and this fucking disgusting piss. It smells horrible. I fucking spilled it on me trying to get into a little shampoo bottle to bring it in there. Uh, I bring it in there and it looks terrible. It smells all over the place. I'm like, this is never going to even fucking work. Well, it worked. Didn't matter. I was still fucking positive for Coke and Benzos, and uh, he got kicked out of the clinic anyways. Uh, another quick little story uh, is another time. Uh, I wound up coming back to my parents' house, and I was still copying in Brooklyn. It was about an hour drive for me. So my parents were all on my case. They knew something was up. They thought I was doing pills. They didn't really know, but... They were all on me. So one day I said I was, you know, going to go to the gym. And uh, I shot up to Brooklyn, which is an hour away. And uh, I started getting all these calls from my dad, like, you know, ring, ring, ringing me off the hook. And I, I answer, and I'm like, what, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing in Brooklyn? I see your phone is on in Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, I'm at the gym. I don't know what you're talking about. I get home, and my mom's crying, and my dad's crying, you know, all upset. And my mom's like, sure what are you doing in Brooklyn? We saw your phone there. Right, you know, it's there. And I, I just... Race through my head what to tell him. So I just told my mom, I go, got all defensive, try to play that. I go, I don't know why you guys are all over my case and why you don't give me any privacy. I was seeing a fucking hooker. Leave me alone. And the look on my mom and my dad's face when I said that was like utter disbelief. They didn't know, do I, am I is he telling me the truth? Was he really seeing a hooker? Is that better than him being doing drugs? And all of a sudden, like, something saw something click in my dad's eye and he just went, that's impossible. You were only there for a minute. I saw you park and leave. Hold on.
Sorry. Okay. It's short too. Yeah. I think this is good, no? Yeah, that's why I said to play it. No, I think the episode in general is pretty good. Mm. I don't know. It's not bad. It's not dopey. I don't know. It's all the same. I, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't feel laughter in me. That's how I judge an episode. But sat and my mom's like, "What do you?" And I start getting all these calls from my dad, like you know, ring, ring, ringing me off the hook, and I, I answer, and I'm like, "What? What are you doing?" He's like, "What are you doing in Brooklyn?" I see your phone is on in Brooklyn, and I was like, oh, "I'm at the gym. I don't know what you're talking about." I get home, and my mom's crying, and my dad's crying, you know, all upset. And my mom's like, "What are you doing in Brooklyn? We saw your phone there. We know you're there." And I, I just race through my head what to tell him. So I just told my mom, I go, got all defensive trying to try play that. I go, I don't know why you guys are all over my case and why you don't give me any privacy. I was seeing a fucking hooker. Leave me alone. And the look on my mom and my dad's face when I said that was like utter disbelief. They didn't know, do I, am I is he telling me the truth? Was he really seeing a hooker? Is that better than him being doing drugs? And all of a sudden, like something, so something clicked in my dad's eye and he just went, that's impossible. You were only there for a minute. I saw you park and leave. And I said to him, I go, well, she, she was pretty hot. It didn't take me long. And well, they didn't believe that. They searched my, my car and my, I mean, my bag I brought in, they found a needle in there and then that exploded. But um, I'm doing better. I'm back. I'm at a methadone clinic now. Actually, I caught my first three felonies last week while listening to your Artie episodes. That wasn't fucking good. I was copying in fucking Trenton. Uh, or you should edit that out, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I, was, I got a fucking caught. I, I turned down the radio. I turned down your episode when the police pulled up because I figured if you heard the drug talk, it'd be even worse, but it's going to help me out. But Stay strong, dopey nation, and toodles! Anyway, no, you're really... No. Can you hear me? You're super small, but whatever. I love that voicemail. What'd you think? Are we recording? Yes. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, I think it's funny. The voicemail's funny. Um... I just, I, I like, you know, carrying urine stories. I like, like, hot chicks finding your urine. I think that's funny. But the fucked up thing, and, and like, it might, it might, it might be the end of Dopey, right? Check this out. Like, I just feel like, like, this guy, he's like, everyone's laughing about everything they're doing, and then they can just drop dead. You know, it's like, it's so funny, and then it's like, it's just like, we were these kids were these kid adults, you know, getting high and acting as though it's funny. And at any minute we could just die. You know what I mean? Like that. But, but what's the, but what's the flip side? Morbid reality the whole time until you die. No, dude, I think it's funny. I think the urine is funny. I think urine that smells bad is the funniest kind of urine. And I think the funniest thing about the story is that he would he piss dirty urine into the fucking bottle. He had dirty urine that he was saving. They had coke and benzos in the urine. I think that shit is hysterical. But on the inside, like I'm just like we laugh about this stuff, and and like we don't we don't. It's like it's like laughing on the train tracks and not seeing the fucking train coming. I don't think morbid reality is better. No, of course not. I'm just saying it's sad, you know. We laugh on the train tracks, but we have the right to laugh on the train tracks. It'd be much different if someone had never struggled. And the truth is that when we were struggling, the person who would tell a story that was terrifying and laugh at it 
might have a better chance at reaching us and getting us to stop than the person who's morbid reality. Dude, I'm, I am, dude, you, am I capable of morbid reality? No, but dude, I'm not about what you're capable. I'm saying more therapeutic. What do you think? I, I, I totally agree with you. In fact, um, we, we had an email that I'm going to read right now. I totally agree with you. Here's, here's some morbid reality, though. Wait, before you, know, you this... read the email, but I just want to also say that morbid reality is useful for certain people. But I think something that the medical field loses is that joking around about it is more beneficial than the traditional approach. I mean, how do you quantify those numbers? There's a, a client that I had that she did not want to joke about it. It was extremely embarrassing. Uh, she was alienated from all her friends, from work. There was nothing about her addiction that made her laugh. I'm saying you just said that it it works better to make somebody laugh than to give them the morbid reality. And I said, well, how do you back that up with numbers? Oh, I, I don't have the numbers. I'm just saying that's not 100% of the time. Oh, no. I, I, totally I think it's more and, often than not. And I just feel responsible. And I think it's obviously because of Todd's death that like when we laugh at stuff, I just want to throw it out there that at any second, uh, Mike could be dead because Mike's still using, you know, and there's fentanyl everywhere and it's killing everybody. And I just want to throw it out there to our audience who are, you know, using dope and a lot of the dope is fentanyl and it's killing our audience and our friends. And you should be careful. That's what I'm saying. How's that? Yes. No, of course. Yeah. And I did you want to hear something crazy? Guess who called me yesterday? Who? Bob Forrest. What did he say? It was insane. I was walking to the, he said, he's putting together uh, a recovery TV show and he needs a talk show host. And he want, he was thinking of Dr. Drew or me. And he decided he wanted it to be me. And it's because we call Dave and Bob's recovery get down party. It's going to be on Netflix. I didn't want to tell you about it because I figured you'd get upset. Dave and Dr. Bob's recovery get down party. I'm obviously jealous, but at the same time, it's like, I don't have the same type of jealousy that you would probably have. <laughs> right. Of course. You know I, I would want to kill you. No, Dr. Bob Horace called me yesterday. I don't think he knew that it was me or you. I think in his phone, it says dopey. You know what I mean? And uh, it was weird. He called me up and he started talking about fentanyl and how his friend just died. And he's starting to shoot a TV show. Uh, he, he, he's comparing it to a Anthony Bourdain show, but instead of going to restaurants, he's going to go to places where addiction is out of control. And we talked about parenthood and addiction and recovery, and it was weird. It was cool. It was nice. The follow through is zero to 5%, um, which you already know. Um, but I don't know anything. What follow through is what? That it actually happens. Minimal. What happens? It's minimal that this comes to fruition. Which his show? Yes. Right. Okay. I don't mean to burst your bubble, but you already know that. I'm not in the show. It's his show. No, I'm saying I don't mean to burst your bubble as a co-host of the show. But it no, that most... was a joke, Chris. I, he doesn't want me on his show. That was a joke. I thought he does. No, I was I was messing with you. No, he just oh, he called me up idiot. to talk to me about about this and that. Oh, you know. You didn't no. make that clear. See, I did, you're... but you're not. But you're you're in, a, in another 
state of mind. No, I'm no, not in so, another. No, I'm not in another state. Really, what it is is that I believe so wholeheartedly in you that I think that you're you so earnest. Me. You're such an earnest young man. I mean it. That you believe. I mean it. Listen, but but it was cool that Bob Forrest called. Isn't that isn't that weird? Of course. And what it really, you know, what it really made me think about is that, you know, here I am. I used to text Bob Forrest kind of like I was texting Artie, remember? Like I would text him. I would over text him and he would never respond. And then, like, you know, I would, you know, I like Bob Forrest, but I was never listening to Bob Forrest every day. And with Artie, it was like a whole other thing. So I would text Artie, you know, I'm such a fucking stalker weirdo. I would just text Artie, and then Bob Forrest, I think he was like, why isn't Dave stalking me anymore? So he called. I just think please, it's fun. Please, please do it. And uh, if you can, be involved in any way, do it. And, do uh, what? Chris, I don't think, what are you listening call to? Call him. I heard you, what you said. I'm saying do it in the sense that if you can be involved in any way, if you can get coffee, if you can talk to him, like check in in six months and say, how's it going? Just, just so he remembers Dave. Who? Bob Forrest. Well, he just called me. He said he wants to come on the show in a couple of weeks. He wants to call okay. him. We'll have him on the show, and then a few weeks after that, just say, hey, I'm Dave, and that's it. Yes, I, and I checked in with Artie. I said, how you doing, Artie? And he texted Fine. back. He wrote, hey, pal, I'm doing good compared to a homeless junkie with AIDS. Hmm. To which I responded, that's the spirit. You should have put and syphilis. Yeah, I don't know why you don't write comedy. I don't, I don't, I don't know why you're wasting your time trying to get your side D when obviously... Yeah, that's the spirit, that's garbage. And syphilis is gold. And syphilis. Whatever, and something. Uh, I don't think so. Anyway, don't you think it's pretty fucking weird that Bob Forrest called? It's amazing that Bob Forrest is driving around and thinks, you know who I should talk to? David. Why did you say my last name? Now you have to believe uh, it. Fucking A. Let me put it in my notes. It doesn't even work because we've changed it so much. 8 o'clock. Now it's twice. And what else? What is wrong with you? I don't know. I'm stupid. Oh, and then what was right. the other one? I, I, nothing. You just said my name twice. No, there was something else. Oh, you here. said your sister's name? I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, 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 that was your it. sister's name is all over this show. And she's fine with it. Yeah. Oh, no, you said Texas. Oh, that's fine. Who cares? I can't... I can't... Nice. I said it once, right? Oh, Chris. What? Don't... Give me this shit after your whole HIPAA fucking thing. I know, but how are we going to get the show out? I'll do it tonight. You don't understand what a pain in ass it is already because using um, this, I need to open GarageBand, import it, export it as a higher quality MP3, and then import it. It's much harder with Skype. I'm sh- Dude, I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm Yeah. Read the email. Wow, you're really out of good spirits now. Because this is bad. No, bad I'm joking. good. I'm good. Just read the email. Thank you guys for the podcast. I recently lost my girlfriend to a drug-related suicide. I read this. You guys, 
He wanted more morbid reality. You guys have helped me to understand some of the things she has been going through. It's been hard to laugh, but you guys have at least made me smile. Actually, I'm sitting outside of the funeral home now so I can see her for the last time. Now, here you have this guy's listening to Dopey outside of his dead girlfriend who died of the suicide. You have the other guy listening to Dopey as he's copping and getting arrested. You know, it's like... This this is a very sad one. I showed I showed uh, Fanny this email right mm. at work, you know, because I wanted her to say how good we were. I wanted yeah. her to say, "Oh, you helped so many people." Blah 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 blah. She says, "Oh, she says I think you need to tell people not to do drugs because people will die, and that's a big problem. And you tell them that your best friend just died of drugs." And that will tell them not to do drugs. And I said, Fanny, that's the opposite of our show. I said, that's not what we do. We laugh at the drugs. She goes, no, I don't. I think you should give them the morbid reality of the situation. I think the fancy, I think the, the best way you could have handled that would have been to stroke your chin and say, you know what? Fancy, you're absolutely right. I can't believe I never thought of that. Did you just call her Fancy? Fancy. <laughs> Her name's not Fancy. <laughs> say Fanny. That was an episode. Say Fanny. I'm working. Say Fanny. That was a fancy remark, and um, you're right. No, I can't do that. I told her that she, I, I, I like, I treat Fanny like she's my mother, and I yelled at her. I said, "You don't understand our show." Mm. You know, I get all upset. You seem faded. Let's call it a night. I'm I'm ready to go. So wait, we had a uh, voice memo, email, what else? That? I'll do I'll do the the dopey review of the week. And just for fun, I'm going to do one that I've read before, but I can't help it. Just for fun. Okay. I just like to have fun doing the show. Common. One star. I unsubscribe. Arrogant, lacking in good character. From Miss Ginger fifty eight. No, it's not. Yes, it's, it that's is. The, that's the old one from like a year ago. Yeah, I have a different. Here's a, here's a newer one. No, what's the date? These I guys. Bad, have, these guys have one. been. Huh? We'll do this one and then do a new bad one. Okay. I love to tell, listen to stories of addiction and recovery. It doesn't take a lot to entertain me. And I still found this podcast to be utter dog shit. The guys have no real interesting personality. That's old, too. <laughs> That's wicked old. I want a new one. <laughs> These guys have been depressing lately. No, that's old, too. Read the most newest one. The most recent. Yeah. Most recent. Whenever I need to pass a UA, I only trust Grabber brand hand warmers to keep my piss warm. Other brand hand warmers fail when you need them the most. But grabbers come fully equipped with space-aged micro-atoms that keeps everything warmer for five hours longer than the leading brand. When you need to pass a UA, grab some grabbers today. So it was an ad. I think it was a joke. That was on Thursday. That's new. Yeah, I think it was a joke. I'll do the, the good one. Saved my fucking life before I even bothered to by Carrier Bird. Chris and Dave are doing the hard work for us. 
This podcast needs to be made available to smart and smarmy kids alike. No one can save anybody else, but these guys can help us laugh at ourselves and help educate and humiliate each other, which is, in fact, the only way to save ourselves. P.S. I'll kill anybody who gives less than a five-star review. I'm a postman, so I've got it in me. Don't tempt this addict. Hmm. Okay, I got one more to read. Quick one. And it's four stars. And I'm happy to read this one because it's something that I am concerned about. This is from Wes77, a.k.a. Wesley White 77 He says, you guys do a good show, exclamation point. The content is great. The guys need to stay closer to the microphones or get better mics. Usually one is very loud and the other is just the opposite. It is just crazy when I turn, <laughs> it is just crazy when I turn up to listen to one comment and when the other person speaks it's so loud I almost wreck the truck. Anyways, I think it's a great show. I think it's we amazing. Work on that. It's a- I think that somebody who is smarter than me could have figured it out after a few weeks, but like I feel like that's going to be a forever deal unless we get big enough where somebody handles that entirely. I told you that we had an offer to go on the Realm Podcast Network. What's that? The Podcast Network. What do we get out of it? I don't think we're going to get anything. What are you looking at? I'm stuck in reviews. I haven't actually read. Um, I haven't gone back and read. Like there was like I read the most recent maybe ten, but there was probably a good fifty I haven't read yet. Oh, this is a good one. Dopey is top dog. By MC Confuse. You guys are back on top, getting along, pumping out great radio. Only thing that concerns me this week is the voice of Chris. Concerns me too, MC Confuse. It concerns me too. Is that all he said? That's all. I think it's a woman, but that's all they said. All right, last thing. Repulsive. Oh, my God, from April 19th, 2018, from Becca Rocks. Y'all talk about doing such gross and horrible and hilariously amazing things. It makes me want to stay sober. Listening to this makes me feel normal and sane in comparison to you. I love it. Thanks. Good service works, dudes. A, A plus. I think that's it, because I could get stuck doing this for the next 20 minutes. Uh, do one more. This, I like to hear you read stuff. Do one more. I already, no, I already left it, and then on my phone, I have to scroll, 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 scroll. It's not like your computer. All right. I'm going to do one more. And that's it. Pick a good one, because that's it, and then we're closing out. Okay. 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 I love to tell, listen... Uh, I love to. Oh, did I read that one already? I don't know. This is from E. Lisa. I love to tell and listen to stories of addiction and recovery. It doesn't take a lot to entertain me, and I still found this podcast to be utter dog shit. The guys have no interesting, no interesting personalities, and the guests are guys and girls in meetings that you can't stand listening to them share. It's like being in a really bad meeting with no timer. Ten crazy people and a coffee pot, or more like a day room at a rehab. 
Elisa. Not funny. Also, lacking in great character and intellect. I think these two walk a dangerous line. Glorifying drug addiction. Sounds like a bad NA meeting where everyone is on the verge of a relapse. Stay strong, I remember that one. That was a while ago also. What do you think oh. Miss Ginger is doing? What was her real name? Ruth Ann. I, what do you think she's doing? I, I think every single negative review we've ever gotten is from Ruth Ann. Everyone? Yeah, I think she tells her friends and that's that's not good. I do think, all jokes aside, I do think there's at least two, maybe three negative Ruth Ann, Ruth Ann comments, maybe from her husband or something. There's one from her, at least one more, because they happen back to back. And some of the language they use, if you study li- linguistics, linguistics. Have you? Have myself, you studied linguistics? Extensive experience. Um, I could tell that the way they capitalized and used language, it had to be the same person. There's no capitals. That's the first no, word in the sentence. No, it was just read the two back to back and I'll tell you what, what I meant. Okay. I, I always love to hear you say this. I unsubscribed, arrogant. Lacking. lacking about lacking in character. Lacking in character was it. Lacking in good character. Then the yeah. second one, she's really stupid. The second one, she says, unhealthy. Lacking in character and intellect. Yeah, it's the same person. It has to be. Right? It's Do you agree? Funny. Yeah, it's, I didn't even notice that. That's how stupid I am. That's so funny. I also think it's funny that um, I think she was on pills and, uh, and, and we made her feel bad. Do you think she still listens? I feel bad. I didn't even mean to. Uh, this is what happened, Obi Nation, is I logged into my phone after a play. This is years had- ago. Yeah, and I had 70 new messages, and I thought they were all from Ruth Ann, and I was like, wow, this person is crazy. And then it turns out it wasn't from her, because it was like 35 messages from Dave, 35 from her, maybe 40 from Dave and 30 from her. It was like a conversation, but it made it look like all of them were from her. So the immediate thing I did was think like, oh, this woman's nuts, you know? And then she took it the wrong way, which I understand why she did. But instead of having me explain it to her what had happened, she went into like nuclear mode. Remember that time that you and me went and spoke at the high school? Wasn't that crazy? That was crazy. We should save that for the next episode because I'm comfortable to do more of a postmortem about it. Now. Not right now, next episode. I mean, now, as in... Yeah. You weren't that. A taste of things to come. Dave and I actually went and spoke in a bunch of high school seniors. It was hilarious. And the All weirdest right. thing is, I always dress halfway decent. Dave dresses like a bum. Dave shows up with like a scarf and this nice coat. And I thought it would be good to kind of like be one of the people. That's so like a I'm, kid. Yeah, so I'm dressed like a kid and Dave is dressed like to impress. And it was just role reversal. But I thought it was good. We played off of each other. We had no clue what we were doing. Barely even used my slides. It's awesome. All right, man. Dave Stay strong, Before we go further, Dave saved the day in the sense that if somebody wasn't paying attention like you always do, or I always did in, like, um, assemblies, High school. Dave literally called out the kid. It was like, hey, you, glasses, what's going on? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> It was because I would have never, I would have never done that. 
Um, let's hope Tina's doing well. Let's hope everyone in the Dopey Nation is doing as well as they can. Uh, thank you for listening. We love you guys. We love that you missed us yesterday and you will hear us, you know, in the middle of the night on Saturday or on Sunday. Sorry um, for the delay. And um, we are meeting in person next time for sure. I promise. No, we're not. You have your play. Yeah, we'll figure it out. All right. Stay right. strong, Dopination. Stay strong, Dopination. Toodles. Please follow us on Twitter. Please follow us on Reddit. Please follow us on Facebook. Please send us a voice memo. Keep it around five minutes. Send us an email. Sorry if we haven't responded. We read them all. We've gotten less. We have a volume that makes it more difficult to respond. And what happens is me and Dave put it off for a few days, and then when it comes time to actually responding, there's like fucking 40 emails. And we don't How get about it. that anti-Semitic email? I'll let you read that next time. Put that in your notes. Yes. Um, and you have to tell them... I forgot what it was. All right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, write a review. Yes. Oh, and tell them that five to seven minutes is the sweet spot. Yes. And stay strong, my brothers and sisters in and out of recovery. And toodles, I'm going to stop their call recorder. You can stay online. All right? Hey, but you don't have to say toodles. It's unnecessary. Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world I wonder would it do me any good Until I get some money in my pocket Then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desires, all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And my shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's high noon where I stand Shadow's getting smaller and smaller And it's high noon where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind Leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road However far it winds Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I wanna be good so bad Wanna be good so bad, so bad I wanna be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And these suckers make me mad And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had And it's all I 